have the business you want, or is it driving you crazy? A recent survey said 70% of business owners are dissatisfied with some aspect of their business. That's why we created Driving Biz, the number one source of business information. We have the leading experts from around the world as guests each week. So enjoy and love your business. Ladies and gentlemen, my next guest is Ken Berkey, and he's the founder and CPO of Entrepreneur Now Network. He's a speaker, a serial entrepreneur, a mentor, and an author. Ken founded Market Live, a market-leading enterprise class, e-commerce software platform used by major merchants uh, generating $2 billion in online sales through the platform. He sold Market Live to Vista Equity Parker, uh, Partners in 2016. He has taught well over 10,000 entrepreneurs how to successfully start and grow their companies. His courses are viewed by students all over the world. Ken recently published his book called Prosper, Five Steps to Thriving in Business and in Life. He earned his MBA in entrepreneurship from the University of Southern California Marshall School of Business, which later awarded him the honor of Entrepreneur of the Year. Welcome, Ken. Well, great. Thank you so much, Dr. Leica. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm super excited about today. Well, excellent. Now, you have been an entrepreneur and coach entrepreneurs. What is an entrepreneur to you? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, I think entrepreneurship runs through your blood. Uh, and so, you know, you don't wake up one day and say, I'm an entrepreneur. I, I, and I don't know if you're born with it or you just have a certain drive and a certain passion and a certain purpose for delivering something, serving. I think an entrepreneur is one that serves. They serve the public. They serve individuals. They serve and try to make the world a better place. And in the process, they may like make a lot of money as well. I know that a lot of people might think that money is the motivator. But it really isn't. It wasn't for me. Um, it's always out there. But the real motivator is, how do I have an impact on the world? How can I grow something and make it so that it's substantial enough that other people can really gain benefit from it? That's what an entrepreneur is to me. Excellent. Now, how does an entrepreneur's mindset differ from those in, in business otherwise? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. You know, the entrepreneurial mindset, I talk a lot about entrepreneurial mindset because I think entrepreneurs need to continue to focus on crafting their mindset and making sure that they are focused as much on how they approach things uh, than just their product or what they're putting out there. So an entrepreneurial mindset, you know, obviously we know some of the traits of entrepreneurs are risk-taking. Um, I like to say blind op optimism, I think is is something that blind optimism to me is you have this optimistic, not, not stupid optimism, but, but, but you have this optimism where that you, you don't necessarily see all the barriers that are in front of you, maybe all the risks that are in front of you, uh, and that you're going to just drive forward with that and kind of just push your way through them. You, you know, uh, you're going to make it work no matter what. When I talk to entrepreneurs, that's the drive. They just, once they have an idea in their head, and this is true for myself as well, you can't let go. I think an entrepreneur is always learning as well. Good entrepreneurs 
are constantly learning. And that is critically important to the overall process uh, of, of being an entrepreneur. But I think those are just some of the traits of uh, entrepreneurs. Okay, that's huge. What are some of the key lessons that propelled you to entrepreneurial success? Wow, <laughs> a lot of lessons. Uh, that you know, the first lesson that I learned, uh, and that, that entrepreneurs are have challenged with, is focus. And focus is absolutely critical to entrepreneurial success. What entrepreneurs typically want to do is they want to go really wide. They want to they want to say, well, I can I can solve I can create a, a solution that that everybody can use. And quite frankly, uh, you know, I always say if you try to talk to everybody, you end up talking to nobody. So the biggest first entrepreneurial mistake. Uh, that certainly I've made in my career over and over again is trying to talk to too many people, try to have too many target markets or try to say, I, this applies to everybody. Yes. You know, I heard the other day uh, a commercial that said, I think it was Neutrogena. Uh, and they said, you know, we're a product for anybody that has skin. Well, that's pretty much everybody, right? I get it, but their, their target market clearly is not everybody that has skin because that's ridiculous. Uh, and I would say that it's ridiculous for an entrepreneur to say the same thing, that my target market is everybody. So the more focused you are, the more successful you are. And here's why. Because the messages that you create, the idea of your unique value proposition that you create about, you know, is why am I even interested in this product? It's only going to resonate with a certain group of people. So as entrepreneurs starting off, I always suggest that they create a beachhead. They create that initial small group of customers that is dead center in their target market, dead center in their sweet spot, and then expand from there. Land and expand, I like to say. And that focus is probably the number one thing uh, that I see with entrepreneurs. But I also say this. There's a, a big lesson that I learned, uh, and I'm still learning this lesson as I'm a practicing entrepreneur, I'm running multiple companies right now. Patience and perseverance will go a long way. I always say you got to be on the field in order to win the game. So you can't win from the sidelines. You need to be in there. But what ends up happening with entrepreneurs, they get a lot of roadblocks that, that, that are coming at them all the time. And you need to be patient because sometimes the, the business is not on your timeline. You have an idea of, of how fast things should happen and how successful it should be. It may or may not be on your time, on the, on your timeline. The business is going to have to mature as it does. You can push it and prod it, but I got to tell you, sometimes the harder you push, the worse it gets. And that's bad. So patience is really important for an entrepreneur because we tend not to be very patient and perseverance. That's another attribute of an entrepreneur that a lot of people have, but stick to it. Don't give up. I call it have a strong rudder. That means that a strong rudder in an airplane or a boat keeps the, keeps the plane flying straight. What a lot of entrepreneurs want to do is they want to go off and say, well, this didn't work. I'm going to try this. This didn't work. I want to try this, but they do it too quickly. I'm not saying you shouldn't listen to the market and adjust with feedback. That's really important. But make sure that you try things long enough to give them time. And that's something that entrepreneurs don't do enough of. And that's huge. Now, what sort of people should the entrepreneur surround himself by as helpers in his cause? Oh, that's a, oh, I love that question. Yeah, that is really, really insightful because what the uh, first thing I always say again is, that, that in the case of entrepreneurs, you, and I was just coaching an entrepreneur the other day. It was a young entrepreneur, still in university, but st has already started his business, been in business for a couple of years, actually. And I told him, and I would tell everybody, first of all, don't hire somebody with the exact same skill sets that you do, that you have. That would be a mistake that, because then all of a sudden you're creating these redundancies. And a lot of people will go into these 50-50 partnerships. 
I always say never do a 50-50 partnership because nobody can make a decision. So I want to make sure people hear that out there. That's really important. It, it can be for, if you have two people and you want to partner with somebody, somebody's got to have 49, somebody has to have 51 or some imbalance thereof. Or have a third partner, which is another strategy if you really want to partner. I'm not one to partner too much. That's not how I've done my entrepreneurial journey. But I know people need to do that. So as you're bringing in people, you want to get people that have skills that you don't have. And this goes counter to what an entrepreneur would think. We typically, when we hire people, attract people that are like-minded, which is good, and have similar identities. Like, I'm an engineer, you're an engineer, good. We're two engineers and we're going to go conquer the world. No, 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 no. If you're going to build an app or the next greatest thing, what you want is not another engineer. You want the marketing person. You want, and I'm going to use the Steve Wozniak to the, to the Steve Jobs, right? Wozniak was the brilliant engineer. Jobs was a brilliant marketer. You put them together and they were explosive. Paul Allen and Bill Gates, the same thing. So hire the opposite of what you are and surround yourself with people. And here's the best. This took me a lot of years to learn. Let them do their job. What entrepreneurs want to do is because you birth the baby, you birth the product or service or business or whatever you're doing, what ends up happening is that you want to, you're attached to it. So you want to continue to foster it all the way through. Let it go a little bit. You got to let it go. You have to be smart and let other people do what they're best at doing. A marketing person, a CFO, uh, a finance person, a, uh, um, a salesperson. Let them do what they're skilled at doing. And what your job is to do is to be the orchestra leader. Your job as your business grows and as you're bringing people in is to make sure everybody is kind of singing in the right tune in the right way, uh, playing all the instruments properly. Uh, and it sounds brilliant but you don't need to play any individual instrument necessarily. I, I did in my business, just to round this up, uh, you know, I was always, I was a sales and marketing guy. So I always went on on sales calls because I liked it. So do what you like. I think that's important, but I still had a VP of sales. So I hope that's, I hope that's, I hope that gives some insight in terms of how you bring people on. I, I think that gives anybody that's an entrepreneur insight because I think, the biggest challenge for an entrepreneur is them thinking they have to do everything and they have to be good at everything. And that's not the case. Oh, you're so right. You are so right. It is not that you don't, you can't be, you won't be. I always thought I was the best at everything, right? But you can't be, you can't be the best marketer, the best finance person, the best operations person, the best uh, uh, visionary, the best, uh, you know, at getting money. I mean, you can't be, it just doesn't happen. There are people that are better than you out there. Bring them in and let them shine. Yeah. The one example is that of Walt Disney. You know, Disney was a brilliant marketer. He was a brilliant showman for his entrepreneurs, but his brother Roy was the one that brought in all the skills that he didn't have. Another great example. I totally forgot about the Disney example. That's a terrific example. And so true. You're right. That Disney wouldn't be Disney without the two of them, right? Yeah, they were the dynamic duo in a day before the Steve Jobs era and a day before the modern era of stuff. But but that is the key in all of these is and and then as Disney grew uh, and, and Disney passed away, that they surrounded themselves with a team that could take over things and bring on different challenges. Yeah. And the, and the team, it lived on the legacy. As you become an older entrepreneur, which I'm starting to go into that, that era, that you start thinking about legacy and what am I going to leave behind? And, and that's when that starts to come in where you really mature into that. 
you know, when you're 20 or 25 or 30, you know, you may not be thinking of that so much, but it will come. It will come. Uh, and it's very, very important. You will be able to here. Here's here's just for any entrepreneur listening. Um, here's the real reason why you want to do this. If you want to go down to hard brass tacks, which is you don't scale. You will be the reason why your company is not growing because as soon as if everything has to funnel through you. And by the way, I was guilty, guilty, guilty of this. I had a high flying e-commerce company. We were doing billions of dollars a year in online commerce for our customers. We were high flying and I knew everything about the company. And I literally, they had, I know, I remember the VCs having to insert a COO and then a CEO and then, you know, kind of just to, to take some things away from me uh, because the company wouldn't have grown because I would have been this, I would have stopped the company from its growth because I can't, everything can't flow through me. I learned the lesson the hard way, but I have to tell you it was the best way because I needed that lesson and it was very valuable and I do it. And then when I, I did it again, I did it a different way. I only managed through my executives. And I got to tell you, I had more fun doing that than I ever did doing every little detail, right? So there's a time and a place in an entrepreneurial journey when you're just starting out where you do have to do everything. I've got a startup right now. It's been going for about a year. I'm doing a lot of things. But now I know I want to release those things to marketers and other people. They're so much better than I am at that. But I have that realization now that I didn't back then. Let's go through your companies and give us five to six lessons that you want to share with our listeners. Oh, great, great. Oh, so many, so many lessons. Um, you know, a couple of lessons that I, that I teach and that I've learned over the years. One thing is just about funding. Um, I, first of all, the, the first rule of funding in my book is take as, take as much as you need to get you to the next 18 months to two years, but don't take more than that. So my recommendation is, is a lot of times if, if you're presented with a check for $2 million, let's say if you're funding a tech company and $10 million or even $5 million, but you really only need the $2 million to get the idea from this stage and to push it forward. You don't need money for the next five years. You need money for the next one or two years. Stair-step your investments, as I say. Stair-step your investments. Don't take more money than you need. Now, I always recommend whatever your business plan calls for, take about 1.2 to 1.5x of what your business plan calls for. Now, that you might say, well, Ken, you just contradicted yourself. No, that's not what I'm talking about. When people back before what we're currently going through in the early, or, you know, the beginning of 2022 when everything kind of started to crash. Um, before that, people were throwing money at entrepreneurs. And that was the mistake. That was a complete mistake. And here's the other problem with that is that you end up giving away too much of the company. And that's a bad thing. So I want you to make sure another little tip is covet thy equity. I always say that covet thy equity. What does that mean? Covet meaning hold as much equity because you're going to have people pulling at it employees, VCs, angel investors, uh, other people, they're all going to be wanting equity. The more successful you are, the more equity they want, the more the more challenged you are. Covet thy equity. I was very cheap about giving up equity. Um, another lesson that I learned that I, I that I still remember this day, it's a hard one, master and move on. <laughs> I, you know what, what entrepreneurs want to do is we're kind of bunny rabbits or hummingbirds or three-year-old children sometimes, all having the attention span, uh, short attention span. So, Master what you're doing and then move on to the next thing. So if you have an organization, have one, two, three key initiatives. Sometimes you get, if you're bigger, we used to have, because we were a pretty big organization, we had five key initiatives, but that's all that I focused on for that year were five key initiatives. But if you're just starting out, you're smaller, you have maybe a small staff or no staff, have one or two key initiatives that you focus on and you master before you go on to the next thing. And entrepreneurs are always trying to look at the next thing because we're visionary. But I got to tell you, in execution mode, uh, that that becomes very, very important. 
Another one that I learned that I, I didn't, I did this accidentally, which was, uh, and I'll just give one or two more because I can go on forever on these things. Uh, it's such a good question, uh, is become a thought leader. The entrepreneur needs to be the voice of the company. If you can't, you can appoint somebody. It's, it's not as good, but you need somebody as the voice of the company and turn your company into a thought leader machine. What I mean by that is it's in today's world where platforms and TikToks and, uh, and Instagram and social media, it's all a reality. This all exists out there. And so what you need to do is you need to put not just what you do out there and sell, sell, sell. You need to give, give, give. You need to give your knowledge, give your education, give your perspectives uh, and bring other people along, customers, prospects, people that are maybe never even do business with you. But by building this area of thought leadership and embedding it into the culture of your company, both for your customers, making sure that you're not just selling a product, but you're selling them a solution that tells them not just how to implement the solution, but how to be great at whatever you're doing uh, with that solution. Same thing goes for prospecting. So be a thought leader, be a leader in your industry through that mechanism, and that will carry you really far. Now, I only give you three there. I can go on more, but I want to make sure we got enough time. That's huge, and you've helped our listeners a lot. So this show deals with business and the drivers of business. Mm -hmm. What do you perceive to be the biggest drivers of business in this year and years moving on? Yeah, in and I just want to clarify in terms of drivers of business, meaning what is what are the, what are kind of some of the trends and where you want to have that trend that is is embedded in your business in some way. I, I think so because you know there are trends that are coming out now that we didn't see pre-COVID. Yeah. Oh wow. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I've got a couple of them. One is uh, this is going to sound strange. Uh, and I wouldn't know it myself, but, uh, but until it got smacked in the face, it's called the metaverse. The next generation of where we're going with interfaces, with how people are going to interact. And I don't care if you have nothing to do with technology. The metaverse is now starting to make the next generation of computers real. And I don't mean buying a real estate in the metaverse. That, that seems a little silly to me or wasting money on that or buying a badge or a dress or a coat that you put on a fictitious character. Although all of that exists and is becoming literally hundreds of millions and billions of dollars in industry and is, is projected to continue to grow. It's what the younger generation, and I'm talking about the twenties, thirties, and even into the forties are obsessed with because they were, they grew up in a gaming culture. And now the metaverse makes things real. It makes things more tangible. It gives you the AR and VR component, that augmented reality and virtual reality to whatever you're dealing with. So whatever your business has, right now it has a website. It's a flat website. That's going to change in, in the next three, four, five years, go into the network, 10 years. I mean, it's going to be out going into the metaverse. I know that sounds strange, but that's, that's an important driver for people to understand. The other one, which has been around a while, is anything that's technology-driven. If your business now is not technology-driven in some way, COVID taught us that businesses that were kind of like restaurants were kind of technologically phobic. But then all of a sudden, they have to put in uh, apps and order entry and uh, uh, the ability to now streamline their entire business because of COVID through a touchless environment, right, which existed on the, on the phone uh, primarily. And so they had to revolutionize their business so they would be dead. And so a lot of them did become dead, but the ones that revolutionized did. So, so you're going to have to integrate, even if you're not currently a technology driven company, you're going to need to find ways to drive technology automation 
and intelligence into your business. And you're going to have to start using those tools because your competitors are using them. So those are just, those are just some of the things that as a technologist and I run technology companies, that's what I see. I also very much believe that the world going forward, and obviously I have a, I believe this because I have a business that does this, uh, meaning I have a business that enables this for other companies is you need to embed education in whatever you do. That, that's the thought leadership I was talking about earlier. That is a trend that is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. That your customers are not just coming to you now for your product or service. They want a lot more from you. They're going to go with the provider that it's going to provide them that extra step. So if I'm a cosmetic company, uh, as an example, or a beauty company, um, I, the customer doesn't just expect the product. And I'm just using a very simple product for this. They expect a lot more. They want education around it. They want tips. They want um, uh, videos that show them how to apply the makeup. And they want it down to the, the nuance. They expect that as part of the product now. So your product is what I call a whole product, which has ancillary pieces to it, not just what you're selling. You need to look at the whole product because in order to compete in this world today, it, it's, it, it's, it's very important. Those are just a couple of drivers uh, that I see from my technological vantage point. Excellent. Now, how can people find out more and about what you have to offer? Sure, sure. Well, I've got a couple of things. One is I, you mentioned my book, so I'll just point people to KenBurke.com. My book is a little bit more of a cross between a personal development and business book. It's kind of a, a hodgepodge of that. Uh, so uh, it really helps people in their mind and how they're thinking uh, as entrepreneurs and as people. That's why it's five key steps to thriving in business and in life. Uh, the next thing is just my entrepreneur- can you oh, spell Ken Burke for people? Because it's sure. not Burke, so we need to get. Them I know. Started. You know what? It's so it's so funny because it is actually spelled differently, uh, and and uh, it, a lot of people pronounce it Berkey because it's got the, the e on the end of it. Very very normal. It's a uh, b. It's k e n b u r k e dot com. <laughs> uh, and then the second one is my Entrepreneur Now website, entrepreneurnow.com. And that has a lot of free resources uh, for entrepreneurs to help them start, learn, and grow their business. Obviously, there's some paid-for stuff there as well and my coaching and, and all of that. But that's I'm not a coach per se. I just want to help people with getting their business going. And then microcasting.com is my e-learning business. That's the software company that I talked to you about. And that's one of the trends going forward is embedding this e-learning into everything that you do because now people expect it. Excellent. Ken, thank you so much for being here today and sharing with us your wisdom. Oh, Dr. Leica, thank you so much for all your great questions. I really appreciate it. I love what you're doing. So keep doing it. Thank you so much. I will. Thank you. And enjoy New York for the next couple of days. I will. I did tell you that I'm enjoying New York right now. Okay. Bye for now. And ladies and gentlemen, be sure to check back often because we have lots of interesting guests. We hope you enjoyed Driving Biz, where you get the advice of the leading experts of the world. If you want more, you need to join the number one community for business owners, nobull.biz. And for a limited time, you can join at a discounted rate. To learn more, go to nobull.biz.